This is Marilyn Monroe Radio, the only weekly broadcast brought to you from the heart of Tinseltown, where we will revisit, re-examine, and reminisce about the life, films, career, and even the death of Hollywood's most beloved star, Marilyn Monroe. I'm your host, Samantha McLaughlin. Marilyn Monroe Radio is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please subscribe, download, review, and share this episode with your friends. For further information, go to MarilynMonroeRadio.com, where you'll find links and how to follow us on social media and various other information covered in this broadcast. If you would like to contribute or if you have questions and comments, call the Marilyn Monroe hotline at 818-583-7830. Leave a message and you may be included in an upcoming show. Join us as I have a conversation with Michael Troyan about compiling the over 700-page book along with co-authors Stephen X. Sylvester and Jeffrey Thompson. 20th Century Fox, A Century of Entertainment, covers the first 100 years with archival photographs and never-before-seen documentation from its inception to current day. You'll tour the many sound stages, the commissary, to the acreage surrounding the lot, much of which the land has been sold off, where once stood the buildings that made up many of the locations of some of Hollywood's most iconic films. Anyone from a novice to the biggest film buff will consider this the book when it comes to Fox and its history. Because with each page, the magic of making Fox films is preserved by the great amount of collaboration, time, and effort by its authors. Michael has graciously offered to sign a few books to our subscribers. Later in the show, I'll let you know how you can get your hands on one of these autographed books. Now, for this week's show. Enjoy. Michael Troyan, welcome to the show. Thank you. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, but first of all, I wanted to thank you for writing and compiling this monumentous book. I mean, it's not just about Marilyn. It's about the first 100 years of 20th Century Fox. Can Absolutely. You- yes. Thank you. Yeah, I decided I had done a book on... MGM and its backlot, mostly to kind of archive for posterity. There's six, what they had in their heyday when MGM was the studio studio, six lots, which are now mostly gone except for the main lot, which Sony owns and has changed quite a bit. So I really wanted to do a book to celebrate MGM and its glory. And once that was done, and I realized in about five years it was going to be Fox's 100th anniversary in 2015, I went and approached the archives at Fox. Uh, I knew that's always the friendly place to go, for that, that they'll appreciate the history, and, and presented the idea. And what ended up being was a five-year goal, ended up being seven years, but that was well worthwhile because the extra two was working with Fox and having them put the book out officially as their first history book, which, of course, blew my mind as a fan. Oh, there's <laughs> over know. 700 pages. It's That's right. unbelievable. I mean, I got it. I'm like, okay, I have to buy it because it's, you know, Maryland's in it. And then I sat down with it and just couldn't put it down. It was oh, thank you. absolutely the most amazing book on Hollywood or 20th Century Fox that I've ever seen. It was oh, so detailed. Just beautiful. The pictures and the content. 
Yeah, and I, and I knew right away that if I was going to do a book, you know, to celebrate a hundred years to take that on, we had to have Fox involved at least let them letting me have the photos because it wasn't initially my goal, you know, or my ego to have them put the book out as much as I wanted access to the photos because I just thought there's no way I'm going to get enough photos from collectors, etc., of the right quality for a book like this. So I started, you know working on that from the beginning was to get access. And of course we did. So it's about 1400 photographs made it in the book. And as Jeff, the Fox archivist, who I ended up bringing on as a co-author, cause he just did so much work said there's, there's about an added two hours of finding each of those photos in the photo archive. And then another two hours of restoring each photo <laughs> for, oh the, for the book. So, Oh, it was quite um, an undertaking. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you, you have photos of the commissary, of the mail room, uh, viewing rooms, of, you know, wardrobe. You guys didn't leave any stone unturned. No, because we literally, again, wanted to archive. And boy, little did we know, now Disney's bought it and already broken it up, and Disney is already leasing this lot, you know, that we're celebrating in the book. But I, well, again, for posterity, to show what a studio like Fox, you know, was like and how it worked and how all, the, all these buildings, you know, what they were built for and, you know, initially all to run, you know, to keep a move, movies going in the old factory system, and then the history of them ever since, because it's such amazing history. I mean, when you just think of the, the hundreds of, of people, world-famous people that have been, in, you know, on and off that lot, you know, in the commissary alone, a half dozen presidents, world leaders from around the world, Khrushchev's famous visit or infamous visit, mm-hmm. you know, and then, of course, you know, early on, I realized right off, how are we going to deal with Marilyn Monroe, you know, as, as most of the reviews for my book has already pointed out, you know, she's the iconic one. And I, I worked so hard to try and get her right or do something a little different than everything else that had been out there. And since we decided we were the first ones to have complete access to all the company's materials, I liked the idea of going around the lot because I hadn't seen that in, in other books, you know, to confirm where all those famous performances were, you know, where her dressing room was, that kind of a thing. And then some of those photos. I mean, Jeff, the Fox archivist, when he was emailing, you know, I'd send him a wish list of photos I wanted for each chapter. And then he'd send me, he'd email me, you know, copies of them. And some of them, I mean, you can imagine that first photo of her um, with, uh, who is that, uh, with Gene Peters, you know, in 1940. Seven. June you know, Harvard with Scudder Who, Scudder Hay. Um, you yeah. guys went back as far as that. Oh, you mean in the commissary with yeah, Marilyn? Yeah. yeah. And see, the fans, and what, see, what's fun too is because that's the lot, you can eat in that commissary and that mural's still there. So I've already had fans contact me and say they can figure out exactly where she's sitting yeah, exactly. and sit there now. You know, and, and so that's fun and it connects the history with the places. And I just thought, mm-hmm. you know, that it's, it's important, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have um, you covered Bernadette Street where Milton had taken all those photographs of Marilyn. You want to tell us a little bit about that, about Marilyn shared the same dressing room as Joan Crawford. It was in Building 86 room. Yeah. And how fun. I mean, you know, I've, I've told people again and again, I could never... I love writing nonfiction because if I wrote fiction, people would say my novels were crazy because they'd say, oh, that's just too crazy but the the facts are so much fun that the very fact that that the dressing room was lettered m yeah and that was not for her it was m before she was in there but how cool and interesting is that when obviously she's its most famous occupant and and had been you know not by purpose you know but it had been the the fox blonde's dressing room you know that initially 
built most likely for Alice Faye, who was their first big star when that building was built. And then Betty Grable was in there. And then, yes, Joan Crawford. Um, yeah, on page, page yeah. 499, sorry about, on page 499, they showed the round window as, she's, right. um, as she was filming Something's Gotta Give. Mm-hmm. Right. And see, Jeff, Jeff, the Fox archivist, did a lot of that research because we couldn't figure out where her dressing room was. And we'd been told so many stories. Oh, she had a bungalow. That was the Sinatra bungalow. We said, well, no, we can't find photos. And it was that round window was the key. And it's that same round window you see in the Alice Faye photo that we also have. And it also, Jeff, knowing that a lot better than I did, because he, you know, he worked there as the archivist, he figured out what, because then the debate was what side of the Star Building was she on? Because both sides had, you know, were similar, but one had that round window where it was. So that's what solidified for us exactly yeah. where her dressing room was. And it was fun in that building now, because, you know, there's little production companies in and out of there all the time. Where you, a lot of times, LA people, you think, oh, they're, they don't care so much about the history. They're just in and out. Boy, they started to care when they started to find out what we were doing and that that had actually been a star dressing room, because nobody knew that. It mm-hmm. had been offices for decades, you know. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, it, the debate was, where was Maryland's? You know, <laughs> do I have Maryland's office? You know, I mean, suddenly it just gets very, you know, it, it's fun. And you know, when you we mentioned some of the the, the prior people, you know, one thing I, I liked finding out because I really like Betty Grable too, mm-hmm. and I liked that she and Marilyn got along. And and I mean, as far as I can tell, that story is true that when they did How to Marry a Millionaire, there wasn't oh a yeah cat fight. There yeah, might oh, have been absolutely. She she got along with all her um, co stars and. There really isn't anyone who would say a bad or, or ill word towards Marilyn, and that's pretty rare considering, you know, it is Hollywood after all. Agreed. And, you know, one thing I was even more delighted to find is, yes, you're absolutely right. That's what we found, too, across the board. Not only that, but but the high regard they had for her professionally, you know, which can be a surprise to some people, not to you and the fans and not to me, but to a lot of people who think less of her, the, 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 the high level of professionalism and her perfectionism that she brought to her part, you know, that the, the Newmans pointed out around the music department, that she, you know, insisted on recording some of those songs more often than even they wanted them recorded to get them just right. You know, all across the board, everyone just said, wow, the sun came out when she came on the stage. But then it was her trying again and again and again. So she was happy with it, too. Yeah, she was a perfectionist. And that was really why she was late most of the time was because, you know, Mm -hmm. she wanted it to be right. Yeah, she's kind of got a bad rap over the years holding up production. Billy Wilder, this is not a quote, but he was just saying how, you know, but when she got it there, you know, it was golden. So it was worth the wait. Yeah, and then like anybody else too, because yeah, that's the same. Yeah, because yeah, that's the same movie tour. I know they went to when it was going back and forth with trouble with that movie. They were asking Zanuck, and he said no, because nobody else can play that part. Nobody else, and that's true. And I think that says a lot. I mean, just about Marilyn in general too, because gosh, there's just a talent and what she has on screen that nobody else has ever had. That magic. I mean, it's just because I, I watched obviously a lot of Fox movies on her chair. No, sure. Of Fox movies, and boy, I mean, what a pleasure to always come across hers. Fun, always, you know, makes makes you laugh. Stage eleven for All About Eve, one of my favorite movies oh. of all time. That was really interesting to go through and see all that you were able to archive for us, especially with as far as know, where these things were shot. Betty Davis, and just yeah. you know the history that you put behind it. Yeah. Well, again, I just thought, yeah, let's kind of let's 
you know, nail the places on the lot in credit and, and it worked, you know, cause you start something as a writer and you think, well, maybe this isn't going to work, but I thought, gosh, maybe I could do her chronologically as you go around the lot and it did work. So oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And all, yeah. And I agree about all about Eve. Wow. I well, mean, that, that, that is... movie is just, it still holds up. Watchable. It still <laughs> holds up. You know what's up. interesting is with any crowd I've ever watched All About Eve in, there's always an upturn of interest when Marilyn comes into that. Again, that magic that's just there. I distinctly remember Addison crossing you off my guest list. What are you doing here? Dear Margot, you were an unforgettable Peter Pan. You must play it again soon. Uh, you remember Miss Caswell, don't you? I do not. How do you do? We've never met. Maybe that's why. Miss Caswell is an actress. A graduate of the Copacabana School of Dramatic Art. Ah, Eve. Good evening, Mr. DeWitt. I have no idea you two knew each other. This must be at long last our formal introduction. Until now, we've only met in passing. That's how you met me, in passing. Yeah. Eve, this is an old friend of Mr. DeWitt's mother, Miss Caswell, Miss Harrington. Miss Caswell, how do you do? Addison, I've been wanting you to meet Eve for the longest time. It could only have been your natural timidity that kept you from mentioning it. You've heard of her great interest in the theatre. Well, we have that in common. Then you two must have a long talk. I'm afraid Mr. DeWitt would find me boring before too long. You won't bore him, honey. You won't even get a chance to talk. Claudia, come here. You see that man? That's Max Fabian, the producer. Now go and do yourself some good. Why do they always look like unhappy rabbits? Because that's what they are. I'm going to make him happy. Her line, you know, the Copacabana line, I mean, it's just magic when she's on, and I just thought, wow, that's the stage. Because, I mean, that was fun for us. You know, as, as Jeff would pull the files, and we'd figure out, no, let's confirm what stage is it. I mean, that was just kind of magic. Cause it's like, gosh, that's where that magic happened, you know, is on that stage, which is still there now, and they're making TV shows. And then they have, so. you know, soundstage for a gentleman prefer blondes, of course. Oh, yeah. And where they reshot the scenes for the seven-year itch, and I believe that was uh, stage nine and that's where they have the mural painted with tom yule and marilyn monroe that they just yeah. repainted her 90th birthday which was last year and i love that because uh, there's a lot of those stages they're they're continuing that tradition and they just painted the side of one where mel brooks had done young frankenstein for him and dedicated that street mel brooks street so they're continuing that tradition but i think it's appropriate that's the one Marilyn's on because boy you see that painting everywhere on the lot it always just seems no matter where you are on the lot that one really because it's up and i don't know it's kind of center you because I, I notice a lot of documentaries that are made on the lot frequently with they tilt up there's that stage with Marilyn, and of course people i'm sure love to use it because oh my gosh everybody knows that scene oh yeah we oh, were doing God. weekly updates on that oh, we were yeah. showing them we we're so happy so happy <laughs> Well, you know, a fun thing about that, too, for Jeff and I, I mean, it's so fun because, you know, we had to be so serious in driving, you know, the project the whole time. But there are times you could just, the rewards of the fan discoveries. Jeff discovered when we were getting the, the drapery department and upholstery department, which went, went way back to the beginning that, you know, had all the, you know, sofas and chairs that were upholstered mm -hmm. for all those decades of movies. That department is still on the lot where most of the others, have, you know, long closed down. And when he went in there to take pictures for the book and ask, you know, kind of, gosh, do you guys still have some of your history? Do you know? They had the pattern, and it's the pictures in the book. They had it. He, they brought out the bolt of cloth from the couch from the seven-year itch. <laughs> oh, about my gosh. Up. I know. It. Wow. And the curtains from The Sound of Music, they still oh had my gosh. 
I know. I mean, that's why they're in the book. And it, like you yeah. right now, Jeff and I just about lost it. I thought, whoa. That, yeah, they would sell swatches of that. I, I could see that now. There was that really sweet photographs of everybody in the production of the film. They all had little nameplates. I thought that was really sweet. I didn't know they did that in those days. Oh, yeah. Isn't that fun? The photo of like everybody from the top guy to the bottom. They should, well, they really, should continue again, to do that. We wanted to, <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, really something that I, was kind of the goal of the book. And I thought, I don't want this. I mean, obviously, you know, the stars need to be a lot of the time because that's what, you know, keeps Fox popular and is their legacy. But, you know, again, wanted to celebrate. You know, the grips, you know, and matter of fact, it was fun when we met the head grip who only just recently retired, who went, gosh, I think he went back to the 70s, you know, and he had stories to tell. You know, they always said, oh, I had the best job ever, you know, and I thought, oh, how fun, you know, and they talk about what the grip does and what the grip has done for decades, you know, they're on that lot, you know, that they're in charge of the sound stages and making sure the sets are up and stuff. It was, it was a lot of fun. Matter of fact, one of the wonderful moments I just had as a historian, when we were, I had the head grip taking me around in his little golf cart, you know, mm-hmm. like they have on the, the lots. And he stopped somewhere to show me one of the stages and was telling me stories. And somebody came up to him and asked, oh, you know, what's this about? And they said, oh, this is Michael. He's telling our story. And I just Aww. thought, wow. I know that touched me. Yeah. And then later on, he took me into the commissary, which, of course, where, where we have, you know, that Maryland was in. This is the same commissary. It's been there since... 1928, to walk in there, and he introduced me to the Mater D and said, you know, Michael's writing our story, our, our book. I, I mean, I could have gone through the floor. <laughs> I mean, I just thought, wow, you know, and that's why I thought, let's get this right. Let this, let this book be like kind of an ultimate scrapbook to celebrate everything that's best about that company and the people who worked. That's what I liked most about it was, yeah, there was Marilyn and she was a very big part of it, but it's also the people behind it. Yes. That it was, it's a touching book. It really is. It's a beautifully well-written and well-documented with photographs. I just can't even stress. It's just beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, yeah, we certainly, I mean, that's seven years of <laughs> effort, that's for sure. One year for each hundred pages you did. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's been nice. A lot of people have told me, oh, you must have, it looks like you took a lot more. And I thought, oh, that's good. That's, you know, I like hearing that. So what's next for you? Really thought, only because of the effort with this one. <laughs> kind of taking a, a break <laughs> and kind of enjoy, you know, things like this, getting to, to talk about, you know, the great people who work there, like Marilyn, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and do some more talks and things. But yeah, actually, I haven't. It's funny because Jeff, the Fox archivist, has thought of we could do one on Universal. And I thought, oh, wow, yeah. there's another 100 years plus. Yeah. <laughs> but that honestly, I, I don't think anything would ever be quite as special as Fox. I mean, there were so many things I looked forward to writing about that I knew the great people, but there were so many great people and stars I discovered or rediscovered that I just thought, I can't imagine there'll be anything quite like this again. So. Yeah, I, I'm biased, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> for a good reason. She's... Tell me a little bit about your, your, your organization. Sure. My name's Samantha McLaughlin, and my partner with All About Maryland is uh, Michelle Justice. And we formed this, oh boy, uh, well, we first became pen pals with a different club that I was running called uh, Maryland Forever back in the, I would say, 84. And we started All About Maryland in 90. I believe it was 1990. We have always just been community service pushing, you know, the Maryland agenda out there with documenting 
mainly her history, preserved more movies and things that actually happened and she was involved in. We just try mm-hmm. to honor her, you know, through educating the public because there's so many new generations. We've been doing this for over 30 years. Wow. So, and then I just started in the last year. I'm like, well, what can I do different? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> somebody goes, well, you need to start a podcast. I've been putting these shows together, just, you know, reviewing books, talking about Marilyn in the news. And uh, I'm just trying to push it out there even further as much as I can. Well, that's great. Cause certainly, I mean, as I say, I, I knew her in terms of I'd seen most of her movies as most of us have, but then to kind of go back as a historian, you know, trying to find her place in Fox and going back. I mean, you just see all new things about her and her town. And as I say, what I love finding out is the extreme high regard that the general public, I don't think, really knows. And that's why it's good you're getting the information out, that when you talk to the people on the lot, the high regard they had for her. Oh, what a worker she was. Oh, she was not fooling around. You know, she came on and she was serious. You know, and yet at the same time, delightful. And, you know, people enjoyed her. Like you say, that everybody had nice things to say about her and also her, you know, her professionalism. That's what I like. Because, again, the Newmans, you know, who, who, who legendarily ran the, the music department were, you know, the, the ultimate in perfection mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, and even they said that Marilyn went the next step. You know, A lot of people don't understand that Marilyn was a character that she much like Charlie Chaplin had created. And they thought she really was, you know, Lorelai Lee from Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. That's how good she was. <laughs> People believed it. Right. Yeah. And isn't it funny? I came across, I remember the first time I came across that, we interviewed, oh, the sister of, oh, the baseball. Joe DiMaggio. Oh, I was going to talk to you about that, but go ahead. Oh, well, because it was funny. She, I actually got to meet her once. And she, she, I mean, it was all, again, it was all positive about Marilyn, which again, you know, because sometimes only because, you know, the, the, the bad stuff gets out there. People just want to see what, you know, racy stuff they can say. But, she, you know, just her deep regard, you know, or, or friendship there. So, no, what are you going to say? Now I'm curious. Well, she did not have a relationship with Marilyn or Joe. Ooh. Oh, yeah. She completely embellished her uh, relationship with Marilyn. There was none. And um, same thing with Joe. And she started selling all these artifacts that I um, attempted to get some of them stopped from being sold in auction because they weren't real. Oh, you're- And so um, I did see that in the book. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But, you know. Well, and I figured, yeah, because I didn't I wasn't really talking about. It was a harmless, um, you know, quote anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. About her and glasses. Thought, yeah. No matter who said it, I thought, boy, that was true in terms of how, you know, she could. Well, because she she mentioned yes. Because when did she publish her book? Oh, it wasn't until the after Joe died. Oh, okay, yeah. So everything when... can be on the timeline. You could see exactly why she did things. Yeah, I called them on it. Good. They they pulled a lot of the stuff from the auction, and that was in Sacramento, just in the last three years. Because I documented she she you know some of the what do you call it the artifacts that she was pawning yeah and so that was unfortunate but she you know since passed and she has been debunked in the maryland community so wow my gosh again boy it it shows you gosh the challenge of writing about (laughs) you know it's so funny because like how many people you know it's like wow you know especially with maryland when they 
Yeah, right. Because a lot of people want to ride on her coattails and did make a career out of saying they had a relationship with her when they didn't. Jeannie Carmen, she's the one who said uh, she, Marilyn, and Bobby uh, Kennedy were running along naked on uh, Santa Monica Beach. It never happened. I knew her. I interviewed her for uh, many, many years. And same with Robert Slatzer, who claimed that he had been married to Marilyn for three days, and they were divorced in Tijuana. And he was the original stalker. When she met him, she was creeped out. And she even said that and kept him off the set in Niagara because he wow. he took a picture with her and then he immediately ran and got it developed, came back, had her autograph it forever too. And, you know, I have a lot on him. And he he started the whole Red Diary private investigation with Milo Spiriglio. They were just selling books. And it really, really hurt Marilyn in the long run. Wow. He, now, mm-hmm. out of curiosity, just because, you know, when I was go- when I was trying to find, you know, well, obviously there's so many books and articles. I was, when we were trying to figure out where to start our research, do you, do you guys have what you consider your favorite biography or at least the closest to the mm. truth as far as the best book that's been written about? I like Frederick Lawrence Giles. Let's oh, okay. See. It's by her sister, half-sister Bernice Baker Miracle. Uh, Marilyn A to Z. I know a lot of the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean to get it, but that's what was just so scary. And again, yeah. like you say, I don't think there was anyone at Fox. We were more afraid of, you know, oh, yeah. trying to get oh. through what, what, you know. Yeah, absolutely. We're known as historians of Marilyn. I would love to get in, into the uh, archives of Fox. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny because it was uh, it was it was more difficult than we initially thought because while the, certainly all the photos were there, you know, and Jeff could go through those. A lot of the other things, it was it was it seemed kind of hit and miss, and then we find it. It it was just it, you know, in a way it was kind of cute because I worked for Disney and oh my gosh, there's a company that knows its history and has its own publishing, so they've been doing books for years. I've contributed to some of them to watch a, a company like Fox who'd never done a book. You know, like the, literally departments sharing information so we could find something out, you know, because mm-hmm. they assigned me a person on the lot who would then, you know, when I had questions, would go find material on this or that or the other. So it was interesting because then she was having to, you know, it was like, oh, okay, well, we're sharing. This is for a book for the company. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just was, it was, it, it was interesting. But oh, yeah, when there would be the little finds. And, and we, we thank him in the book, Ed, who was the last head of the art department was the one who had kept, as as the art, head of the art department, all the paperwork of where all the movies were shot, you know, because the art oh. department had them, you know, from when they went up. Um, that's what we used as the basis to give the filmography of all the stages, and that we could figure out in Marilyn's case, you know, double-check where, you know, those um, things w- were. Um, they actually went the next level to what I could include in the book because the book was already 730 pages, and the publisher initially wanted 300. So you can see how generous they were that they let me go over 300. Yeah, um, oh my word. To the... It's um, dense, too. I mean, <laughs> oh, yes, it's you. a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> That's what somebody is... said, either that or a booster seat. Or <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. But definitely, because I, I just kind of thought, well... I've always admired Walt Disney a lot. And one of the things he always said was give them more than they, you know, I think 
they need because then they'll always go back. And I thought that's kind of been my philosophy with the books too, because I said, let's give, and, and again, knowing this would be the, you know, let's have this be the book, you know, that let's try and get everything in there, you know, or find the people to do it. So it, 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 it was worth it. Or at least it's the excuse as a fan mm-hmm. <laughs> to spend all those years. Well, I just, I did, it, you know. well, I would say it's the definitive book of 20th Century Fox. I would look forward to you doing the definitive book on Hollywood. Oh, interesting. You mean just kind of the industry as a whole? or mm-hmm. The first 100 years. That could be your theme. <laughs> that would be interesting. But as, as I say, yeah, this, it, this was a thrill. And, and particularly to, to, to get to touch stars like that. Like, as you say, is, is, is so much better than a lot of what people think. You know, mm-hmm. I was determined that ours be positive and, you know, you know, you know, one thing I'd like to ask you about, just because you guys know, you sure. know, it, the, the book by Marilyn, there was so much debate whether it was or wasn't by her. And I thought, but you know what, I'm going to quote from it because it was the closest I could find to really positive insight about her. So I liked them. So I thought, well, I'm yeah. going to quote them from the book because I, 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 I guess I've heard the debate that. Yeah, they took liberties. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing to quote Marilyn are her interviews like at the airports here and there directly mm. as opposed to that book. Uh, that's what I I typically use. I, I use that as well. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, but no, I agree because, boy, what, newspaper articles was the first thing we started with. Matter of fact, that was fun. We went to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences Library, the Margaret Herrick, which, you know, is where I started all my research. It's just, you know, they have everything. Yes. And it was funny because I'd gone in there and done a Greg Arson book, and I'd done the book on MGM. Well, we pulled some files, but we literally went in there and said, I'm sorry, oh, Michael's back. What are you doing now? I said, we're going to do 20th Century Fox. Let's start, you know, from the beginning. And they looked at me and said, yeah, but what years? I said, 1915, and we're going to move on up. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, again, I thank you very much. I hope to see more from you, and I'll definitely uh, have to go back and look at the other books that you've written as well. I want to oh, thank you so much for being on the show, and I hope someday you'll be back. Thank you, and, and much good good luck and uh, to your good work. I love the idea that you guys are going to put out a, a recommended list of books about Marilyn. I think that'd be really, really useful to people who want to know who she really is. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. I appreciate you talking to me. Oh, you're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Here is the most spectacular showcase of show business ever filmed. The great stars, the great performances, the great spectacles, the great heart of show business. The History of Fox celebrates its current and past employees from all of those in front and behind the camera, rightfully preserving the movie empire and its place in Hollywood history. In 20th Century Fox, A Century of Entertainment, it includes, of course, in detail, Marilyn Monroe's mark on the lot with generous amounts of photographs and content. As for how will you win a copy of this book? You must subscribe on iTunes to Marilyn Monroe Radio and post a review. You must do both. Each review with subscriber will be entered and a random name or names will be selected live on Facebook. I'll also name the winners here in a future show. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned to next week's show for when we'll have more about our favorite icon. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.